All right, our, our lesson, I pulled from uh, part of it from our, um, I pulled the sermon from part of our lesson a few weeks ago in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. The king went to Gibeon, the most prestigious of the local shrines, to worship. He sacrificed a thousand whole burnt offerings on the altar. That night there in Gibeon, God appeared to Solomon in a dream. God says, what can I give you? Ask. <laughs> what can I give you? Ask. Now, at first thought or first glance, we would say, oh, well, <laughs> I, I, know of, I know right off what I want, you know. But in, in the, this whole process of what we are looking at this morning, there are important things that we need to remember. You have... It's kind of an urgency, in case I forget to say this. The word ask in this setting is almost like a command. It isn't a request, like I'm asking you a question. It is ask. I want you to ask at this moment what it is, what can I give you? And I want you to ask. Hmm. All right? That's what God is telling Solomon. Now, Solomon has prepared himself as it were, you know, they, they know that um, the, the um, place that he went to worship is Gibeon, and he was there, it was there that there was the tabernacle or the tent of meeting where the brazen altar was located, and so it was there that they offered sacrifices to God. Well, in this case, Solomon offers a thousand sacrifices. <laughs> so, they knew that sin was not uh, covered unless there was the shedding of blood. And so Solomon, now whether it is, and there was always, we said this in the, the lesson weeks ago, that there was always this kind of jostling back and forth between uh, people who are looking at the text and saying, well, was it because of the thousand uh, bull or the thousand sacrifices, or was it God showing up at a different time to separate himself from the sacrifices? You know what? I don't know. <laughs> but I do know God showed up to Solomon, and in this moment of time, he gives them this declaration, because Solomon is now young, he's just been anointed king, and he, he really understands that he wants God to direct him. And so he is there, offered these sacrifices, and that night God showed up, showed up in a dream. Now, this dream was a holy revelation, we would call it, that God chose to use to speak to Solomon. Now, we don't often uh, put a lot of text or put a lot of uh, credence on dreams because how many people dream? How many have nightmares? <laughs> you dream, and, what, and do you know, when, does it, when do you know that that's from God? Or just bad pizza, you know? <laughs> when do you know the difference? Well, the challenge is that the Holy Spirit will make known to us what it is, what this purpose is in this dream. And I've only ever had maybe one or two in my entire life that I would, one in particular, that I would know that this was God saying, you know, do this or else. <laughs> and so I won't talk about that one. So, uh... <laughs> But we realize that our dreams can be um, very real. You know, after someone has um, 
died and loved ones, they sometimes, in their pining, they will dream of them and perhaps have a chance to say goodbye and all those types of things. So, you know, is that a God thing or not? I don't know. But do we use it? Does, does it happen or come to a place where it is solving or resolving conflict, adding peace, bringing peace to know that they're all right? Then we, okay. But if it's some come back to haunt you, that's not God. He didn't do that. So the problem that most Christians suffer is being um, long, being still long enough to hear from God. You know, we're always in a, in a hurry or on our way and trying to get somewhere, do something, and for the pastor to be done so we can go all have a picnic and have hot dogs and hamburgers, tube steaks. I'm serving sirloin today. Just happens to be in round tubes. <laughs> well, that's what they said on the package, sirloin. <laughs> Well, what anyhow. So, but no matter what happens, whether it is an impression, no matter if it's a word, a dream, whatever, that nothing can contradict the written word, the scriptures. So whatever may come, and if it doesn't coincide with the scriptures, and in the context that the scriptures are written, it's not from God. And we don't have to listen to it. So, but there are a few times in the scriptures that God does speak through dreams. And the point of this scripture text, and it's, it's, so, in, 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 it's so important because it comes, God comes to Solomon and he says, ask. Now, in the New Testament, there's a, a scripture that says, you have not because you ask not. We don't ask, so therefore you don't get well, how many, how many of you have said to someone, if you'd have told me, I would have done that? <laughs> right? If you'd have told me, I would have, you know, ask. You know, don't just assume that I know. Well, how was I supposed to know? Well, I don't know. You should just figure it out. <laughs> and some of the ladies are nodding their head, and some of the men are saying, what? Ask? You know, I ask for directions. Rhonda, find out what that is, where we're supposed to go. <laughs> That's how I ask, you know. <laughs> Rhonda, you, I, I, I'm asking you. You see, I ask. You know, Rhonda, go do this, you know. So I ask, you know, I find out what it is. Well, in this scripture, again, it, you know, to emphasize, it is a command. As a command, it carries a sense of urgency. And then we have what follows the command or what precedes the command of asking, what shall I give you? Hmm. The possibilities are almost unlimited. It is the one-time offer. <laughs> it is a one-time offer that God is giving to Solomon and sometimes it's what that one-time offer that God is bringing and presenting to us. In the lesson that we had today, Jesus in his high priestly, high priestly prayer says, I am making myself completely ready to serve you. Jesus says this. I am making myself completely ready to serve you. So the result of the understanding of asking is that there is a relationship that is present 
and that it identifies us as being a child of God because God is speaking to us. And it, it tells us that there is a purpose, a purpose behind what we are going to ask for. It's not a frivolous thing. It is a divine provision that God is wanting to do. And there is a redemptive purchase or a redemptive uh, pro uh, process in the whole of the ask. So if we are putting this together, we're trying to say uh, in our own hearts and minds, what is it that we would ask for? When I was young, I was just yesterday, when I was young, <laughs> I, I used to think of this scripture, you know, uh, the Solomon, you know, God says to him, you know, ask, and of course we know Solomon says he, wouldn't want, he would want wisdom. And I figured, well, wisdom was a pretty good thing to ask for. He's smart. He's got money, and everybody marvels at what, how he can put things together. So that was my thing. I thought, well, I'll be rich and be smart, and everybody can ask me how to put things together. God, I ask for wisdom. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. So <laughs> we look at these things, and no matter how we reason them, but in reality it is, what is it, and we're going to come to this, and I'm leading up to there, what is it that we would ask for? In Zechariah chapter 10, God tells Zechariah, he says, pray to the Lord for rain in the springtime. Now the, the Amplified Version says, Ask for rain from the Lord at the time of the spring rain, okay? It's raining. Now, I want you to ask for more rain. Oh, wait. God, you, you know what you're doing here? Let's go on. The Lord will send lightning and the rain will fall and, they, and he will make the plants grow in each person's field. Verse 2. People use their, and this is he's kind of, going on here about the people, people use their little statues, their little idols that they worship, they use their little statues and magic to learn what will happen in the future. But that is useless. <laughs> they see visions and tell about their dreams, but it's nothing but worthless lies. So the people are like sheep, wandering here and there, crying for help, but there is no shepherd to lead them. Verse 3. The Lord says, I am very angry with the shepherds. I made them responsible for what, for what happens to my sheep. Then it says about the people of Judah are his flock, and, all, and the Lord, all-powerful, really does take care of his flock. He cares for them as a soldier cares for his beautiful war, war horse. Verse 4. The cornerstone, the tent peg, the war bow, and the advancing soldiers will all come from Judah together. They will defeat their enemy. It will be like soldiers marching through mud in the streets. They will fight, and since the Lord is with them, they will defeat even the enemy soldiers riding horses. I will make Judah's family strong. I will help Joseph's family win the war. I will bring them back safely and comfort them. It will be as if I never left them. I am the Lord their God, and I will help them. Now, asking for rain in the rainy season. Why? Because the enemy's coming, and they outnumber 
the soldiers of, of Judah and of Israel. And guess what? God says, pray for rain so that they get stuck in the mud. <laughs> pray for rain, more rain than is normal, so that the enemy will get stuck and their chariots and their horses will be at a great disadvantage. Now, in Scripture, rain represents God's favor, God's blessing. God's favor and God's blessing is represented in Scripture by rain. His grace, his un unearned approval upon our lives is pictured as rain. So if it's raining, why are we told to ask for rain? Well, God is saying, just because my favor is available, just because my grace and mercy are available, you're not going to experience it unless, unless you call or ask for it. Hmm. So the rain is available, the favor, the blessing, the outpouring of God's Spirit is available, but it's only going to come if you, the magic word is, ask. It's not a magic word. It is a command from God. And the command from God is to ask. So in the rainy season, it's already a time of blessing. But God is saying, ask. Again, ask. Hmm. They need to ask for more rain. They want to, they, God is telling them to ask for enough rain to swamp the enemy. Asking, ask for the enemy to be so swamped they can't, their horses and chariots and soldiers can't move. When people come against us, we can pray for the rain, the favor of God, to be so great upon our lives, those people get stuck in the mud trying to get a maneuver around you. Amen, yes, yes, okay. <laughs> we can be excited about this. Hey, thank you, woo, thank you. And there's a chair for my section over here, yes. Can we get this section over here? <laughs> this, yeah. But the idea is we want to see, feel, experience the favor of God so that the individuals who are against us get stuck in the mud. So you may not be able to see it. We may not be able to feel it but it's raining. It's raining in here. For you see, there is the power of God raining healing in our lives. That we can pray for people who are sick and people who are in need. That we're ask, ask, asking God's favor, blessing, grace, mercy to heal our bodies. To heal those who are sick. We can say that we can feel that God is reigning freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from, what, depression. Freedom from anxiety. Freedom from worry. It's reigning freedom. It's reigning promotion, God's favor, God's blessing, God's reigning connections, the networking that is going on in our lives where people know people who know people. I know people. And you see God's favors upon our life and how that those things work. God is reigning creativity. 
I think wisdom is a lot of creativity. Being able to use the insight, use the, your imagination. Your imagination. You know, God knows you and you know and you know God and God, and what is he doing? He's inspiring your thoughts. He's inspiring your imagination to take you where he wants you to go. It's raining blessing in our life. So the way to get rain is ask. Ask, what shall I give you? Prayer. Prayer carries the idea of asking, but it also carries the idea of intense need. Give thanks. Prayer, is, prayer and asking and intense need comes with thanksgiving because being thankful for where we are at and being thankful for what we possess and what's going on at the moment helps us see the good in this that's going on. And guess what? Perhaps it's the good in this that we really don't want that will take us to the next level of where we want to be. But if we are going to be so obstinate and, and say this is bad, it's terrible, and throw it out, well, you just threw out the blessing that God intended to bring into your life. So we are to give thanks in all things. In all things, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Thank God for his blessings that are already given. Thank God that we can see through the difficulties that are in front of us. Ask for the rain that destroys the enemy. Get the enemy. They become bogged down so that they cannot come against you. Thank God that he is turning the negative situations around. Every time you declare God's blessing and God's favor, every time you declare his word, you're asking for rain. The showers of blessing. It's in the hymnal. We haven't sung that one in a long time, but we don't, you know, when I was a kid, I got tired. I was always, when I was singing out of the hymnal, it's like, I wonder if they're ever going to sing a new hymnal. I wonder if they're ever going to come up with a new hymnal. <laughs> You know, saying the same old songs week after week, you know. I know them by heart. You know, every time you declare his favor. Now Psalm 103. I'm getting to a conclusion here. Not too quickly. (laughs) But we know that we are to ask. And we know that we are to recognize the blessing of God is rain flowing, falling from the heaven. So the blessings are like rain. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. See, all that is within me is not just part of me. It's all that is within me. I'm totally convinced. Totally convinced that everything within me is going to bless the holy name of God. Remember, whenever we pray, we ask for, and we do so in the name of Jesus. It's the holy name of God. We are attaching to this need, which in which in all respects, is a divine request from God to us to recognize that we would bring God's glory 
to his name by answering the prayer. Let's go on. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Remember the blessings of God. Remember the, the scriptures that talk to us about God's favor and about God's uh, blessing coming upon our lives. Being thankful. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. He's made, he's taken every sin and every failure and he's washed it away. He's forgiven them. And it goes on to say, who forgiveth thy diseases, thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. He redeemeth your life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that that youth is renewed like the eagles. Didn't we just sing about that? So we see that the Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Wow. There, this, that, again, that's one of those texts that we can look at and read over and impress it, let it be impressed upon our minds that God is doing a great thing and all that is within me. Bless, give thanks to his holy name. <laughs> for you see, he keeps declaring over and over in the word, God keeps declaring his goodness, his blessing, his forgiveness, his restoration, his healing, his deliverance, his blessing upon his children, that, and the enemy of our soul gets bogged down in the, in the rain that we have called for, the blessing of God in our lives. What can I give you? Ask. The word and prayer, the scriptures and our prayer are being intertwined so that we are reminding ourselves of the word and the need, the word and the need, that they are together. It isn't separate. Our walk with God is not over here and our real life is over here. It is the combination of the word coming together with our life and with the needs for what we pray for. Solomon, what can I give you? You must ask. It's a firm declaration. It's a commandment. Ask. Matthew 7. Matthew 7, verse 7. Continue to ask and God will give you. So from Solomon to Zechariah to Jesus here in Matthew, the same word comes up over and over again. Of course, this isn't in all the places, but it continues to be said and stated, ask, and he follows it with search. He, uh, he follows it with knock. <laughs> so the challenge is to ask, and the word ask is a verb, and I looked this up, it's a verb used with an object. But when God asks Solomon, he doesn't give him an object. What is it that you want? Ask. So he's asking Solomon to put in the object of what he's going to ask for. In our life, what is the most important aspect of who we are? to live our life for God, for ourselves, for our families, our communities, for our ministry. What is that one 
ask, the object of the ask that God puts before us. Ask has the intent of keep on asking. So even though we may figure out what it is, even though we may put our finger on it and we ask and then we wait. Well, I guess I'm not going to get it. (laughs) No. It declares for us to keep on asking. Now the focus here, whenever we ask and keep on asking, who do we doubt? Ourselves. But you see, we're not part of the prayer. You see, this, the focus is specifically on the object, the need. You see, whenever the, when we become discouraged, we have taken the object, which is what God is, we're praying and believing for God to do, we are putting it aside and saying, it's all my fault. And God is saying, I ask you for an object. I ask you for what it is that you know to be that one thing that is the most important part of your life. And I want you to keep on knocking. I want you to keep on seeking. You know, you go and search and quest for the truth. Seek. We are to strive toward the intended goal, seeking God's presence, seeking God for the answer. And then we are to ask, seek, knock. Knock is a verb used without an object. (laughs) To strike a sounding blow with the fists, the knuckles, on anything hard. So here we are knocking against seemingly the inability to receive the object for which we pray. Ask, keep on asking, seeking as searching, knocking as if hitting a hard hard wall. Knock until the door is open. We continue to knock and seek and ask until we are in the very presence of God because it is in his presence that we are going to understand the need, understand the fulfillment, understand the relationship that God wants to have with us so that what he gives to us is very special. Ask God for what you need. Continue to ask God, and he will give it to you. Continue to search, and you will find. Continue to knock, and the door will be open for you. Yes, whoever continues to ask will receive. Whoever continues to knock will find. And whoever continues to knock will have the door opened for them. John 17, in our lesson this morning in Sunday school, it said, Jesus prayed, and this is in his high priestly prayer, Father, the time has come. Give glory to your Son so that the Son can give glory to you. So when we ask our prayer in the name of Jesus, we are asking in the power through which, the, the God, through which God functions in this world. It is the power, it is the authority, it is the protection, it is the provision, it is the divine nature. So in Jesus' name, we are looking at this, and so everything focuses on 
the object and the name of Christ and his glory so that what, hap- what may happen? That the Father may be glorified. Wow. Ask. Not that we are going to receive this wonderful thing, but that God will bless us. He will be glorified. And it will bless us. And we're part of that blessing. But it all comes about in the name of Jesus. The name that is power, protection, provision, and divine nature. <laughs> we don't have a thousand, burnt, a thousand whole burnt offerings. We only have one person, one sacrifice. It is the sacrifice of our heart. We give our heart to Jesus on the altar, at the cross. We do this in remembrance of him. We have given our sin to Jesus. He came to forgive us of our sin and to establish a right relationship between God and us. And the establishment of that relationship allows me to hear that firm declaration. What is it, David? What, David, is it that you need? I want you to ask. What is it that we need? Ask. Because this will give glory to God, not glory to us. Father, we thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you for knowing the desires of our heart. Help us to focus on that one need or that one specific, as Solomon He wanted wisdom. He saw his own inadequacies to govern a nation, to lead a nation. And so let us see what our inadequacies are and believe that you are that piece of the puzzle that will fit perfectly into our hearts and lives and that we, will, we are complete in you. God, help us to see it, to ask for it, to continue to keep on knocking until it is realized in our lives, and it will always bring glory to you. We thank you in Jesus' name for that divine revelation. We pray in Jesus' name. All the authority and power of God himself, in Jesus' name, hear our prayer. Meet this need. Bring this revelation, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless us, one and all.